At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSEN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Morning, folks. Welcome in. It is a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for the crew today. We got a good show on tap today. Absolutely loaded show for you to send you off into the weekend. Got a bunch of really smart and fun people to talk to today. Steve Mackinnon is going to join us 30 minutes from now. We got a lot to discuss. College Football Betting Guide is out. Make sure you check that out. Steve had a very big hand in putting that thing together. Also, editor in chief for Points Spread Weekly. Got some college football trends to go over with Steve coming up in 30. Adam Burke, one of the many authors in the College Football Betting Guide will join us at the top of the next hour. Got a lot to talk to with Adam. Wrote about the Big 12 and a couple of other things that we can discuss with Adam as we look ahead to not only the college football season, but pick his brain on some baseball stuff because Adam does a great job on the website writing the Major League Baseball slate every single day and, of course, host of The Run Line, which you can watch on Sundays right after me. How about that? And then this is fun. Not only is Vinny Maiulo going to join us to end out the show, as he usually does on Fridays in a numbers game, but Randy and Jason Squar, the brothers, as you know, hosts of the Nosebleeds on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, uh, you'll remember them as the host of Cheap Seats back on ESPN a few uh, years ago. They're going to join us to promote their new show that's going to be on UFC Fight Pass. So that'll be a lot of fun, and that's going to come up at 11.15 a.m. Eastern time. That's 8.15 for those of you normal people on the West Coast. A little early, of course. Uh, but we begin with a little bit of stuff from last night, and uh, there's a lot that happened both last night and yesterday. I think the news in the National Football League, though, is where we begin because one of my favorite sagas of the offseason has unfolded over the last couple of days, and that would be Kyler Murray and the claws from hell. Ian Rappaport a few days ago uh, reporting in some weird fashion that there are give and takes in contracts. And one of those give and takes is the fact that Kyler Murray is viewed by his franchise, I'm paraphrasing, that he doesn't study at all for his opponents on a week-to-week basis. So we got to force him to do it or else he's going to lose money. Well, that spiraled out of control to the point where Kyler Murray yesterday calls an impromptu press conference to do a lot of stuff, including listing off his accomplishments. But one of the things that comes from it is the fact that the Arizona Cardinals have decided to take the clause out of the contract. This is from the Cardinal statement on Kyler Murray's contract saying, quote, after seeing the distraction it created, we removed the addendum from the contract. It was clearly perceived in ways that were never intended. Our confidence in Kyler Murray is as high as it's ever been. And nothing demonstrates our belief in his ability to lead this team more than the commitment reflected in this contract. Now, this is, it's not a sports betting thing, obviously. I think it's a fascinating, like, media type thing. Who released the clause and why? How in the world that got out there? There's a reason why it was put in the contract to pretend otherwise. I think is a little foolish. I mean, look, if you read the analysis of any one of the people out there who analyze NFL contracts uh, almost every single day of their lives, 
you will find that this is a clause that has not been in any one of these contracts in the NFL. This is an extremely rare clause to put in a contract. It was put in there for a reason. But because of all the hubbub around everything when it came to Kyler Murray and this contract clause, well, it's done now. And Kyler Murray yesterday, as part of his defense, came out and said quite a few things. I think we got a clip from him here to discuss this, and you can kind of tell there's some irritation behind the impromptu press conference. It's, it's almost, you know, to think that I can accomplish everything that I've accomplished in my career um, and not be a student of the game and not, um, not, not have that passion and not, not take this serious is, is almost, it's disrespectful and it's, it's, almost, it's, it's almost a joke, you know. Um, it's, to me, I'm flattered. You know, I'm, I'm honestly flattered that y'all think that at my size I can go out there and not prepare for the game and not, um, you know, not take it serious. It's, 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 it's disrespectful, I feel like, to my peers, to all the, to all the, the great athletes and great players that are in this league. Um, this game's too hard. Uh, to, to play the position that I play in this league, um, it's, it's, it's too hard. Now, here's the thing, and I love when this sort of things happen, this sort of thing happens, right? You guys, you guys being the media and everybody else, how dare you assume this? I mean, the only reason this is assumed is because the clause is in your contract. <laughs> it's, it's made up out of thin air, but the clause is gone. And I do think when you look at this from like the big picture for the Arizona Cardinals, I find the Cardinals a pretty fascinating team coming into this year. I thought that last year, a team that went to uh, what, 11 and six and really faded down the stretch. And part of that fade was Kyler Murray coming off of an injury, got pretty banged up at the midpoint of the season was not really the same guy as the year came to a close. Uh, I thought they squeezed every single bit of juice out of the turnip that was their defense, and I think that there's probably some regression coming back. If you look at some of the numbers behind what this defense was a season ago, this was a very poor front seven when it came to defending the run. If you looked at some of the metrics that Football Outsiders tracks in terms of defensive line against the run or front sevens against the run, we're talking about a team that ranks very much near the bottom of the league in second-level yards per carry, open field yards allowed per carry. They were one of the best in stuffing runs behind the line of scrimmage. They were one of the best in defending power situations, but they gave up a lot of big runs and there was a lot of instances in this season last year where they were unable to stop effective ground games and you come into this year where your division is extremely good and it's going to be a lot of coin flip spots a schedule that at the beginning of the year has I think a lot of potholes for this team when you're talking about opening up with the Chiefs the Raiders the Rams to go on the road against the Panthers coming back home against the Eagles all the way through I mean we're talking about to week 13 on their bye there are plenty of spots where you're looking at this team that they could easily lose and again we call them coin flip situations and it's hard to consistently win those coin flip spots home game against the saints road game against the Vikings on the road against the Rams home games against the 49ers and chargers, all games that you would assume are going to be at the very least within four points, either way for the Arizona Cardinals. This is a tough schedule and the back end of the schedule is even tougher. When you have again, Patriots, Broncos, Buccaneers, Falcons, 49ers. This is not a schedule that to me screams double digit wins again. And again, when you talk about what they got out of their defense, now you come into the year with this. So We'll see what it means. There's still going to be a lot of noise around this as you move into the year for Kyler Murray. Any single slip up in terms of his play, it'll come right back to this. Is he studying? Is he working on their opponent? Whatever it is. Uh, but it looks like we moved past it for a little bit. It is pretty fascinating, though, as we kind of look at this moving forward, what it means for Arizona and just what the season is going to be like for Arizona, who, again, remember, too, by the way, Kyler Murray is going to be at the top of this game because he doesn't get DeAndre Hopkins for the first six weeks of the season for six games. And that's going to be pretty fascinating. So with that, we also got news yesterday. DK Metcalf uh, finally signed his contract. He was, I guess, what we were calling a hold in, right? Reported the camp, wasn't really participating, though. So Metcalf, by all accounts, does get his money. Uh, so that's obviously very good for DK Metcalf, north of $70 million over the life of the contract. Metcalf, one of the favorite wide receivers of mine. And, of course, actually ties into the Arizona Cardinals, not because of the division, but one of the greatest highlights of all time, which was the interception that DK Metcalf ran down and I think it was like 95 yards that he covered and ultimately hawked the dude, remember? It was like a primetime game. Absolutely brilliant. Loved it. You got no, some... po no points on that on that drive either. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. Yes, it was. Uh, so DK Metcalf gets his money. No real time to spend on that. I would just say that what DK Metcalf does this year with a quarterback duo of Drew Locke and Geno Smith is going to be pretty fascinating in and of itself. So last couple of minutes here. Let's go back to last night from a sporting perspective because I think there's a lot to get to in the world of Major League Baseball. First off, Let's start with the American League MVP. We tie it into one of the results from last night because this is the more fascinating awards race. It seems to be down to two guys. We actually talked to Jason Weingarten yesterday here on the show, and I completely agree with the sentiment that if you're talking about Jordan Alvarez, about 16 to 1 or so to win this award, when guys in this award market make pushes all the time, it's pretty intriguing. But 
Aaron Judge makes his statement yesterday for, again, American League MVP. How about that? The Yankees, one hit through eight innings last night. Come into the bottom of the ninth inning. It's a scoreless game. Who comes to the plate but Aaron Judge and swats a solo walk-off home run to give the New York Yankees a one nothing win over the Kansas City Royals. Now, there's a lot that comes from that. One, still leading the league, obviously, in home runs. He's got 39 now on the season. Judge has been absolutely incredible in terms of his power. The other, though, is that we have seen since the All-Star break, and especially now with Stanton dealing with his Achilles tendonitis, that this Yankees lineup is scuffling a little bit. Benintendi didn't really do much for him yesterday. It's one game, and he'll probably be fine. And the Yankees in the big picture, once they start to get healthy in their lineup together, will be fine. But you're talking about, again, a team that was a very, very big favorite yesterday against the Kansas City Royals, not doing anything from an offensive standpoint, out hit by the Royals, not by much, but still out hit. Uh, going into that ninth inning with just one hit, I think it was Glaber Torres who got the hit for them scuffling offense, but you're laying big prices for them. And that is somewhat troublesome. And you know that there's a lot of betters out there that are including them on run line parlays, especially when you're talking about opponents like the Kansas city Royals who are selling their guys. Now it's just uh, it's something to keep track of as we look at the Yankees and the way that they're rated. And also along the same vein yesterday, Matt humans and I talked about this. I brought this up with Weingarten as well. Yesterday, despite the fact that the angels at times are putting four guys in the lineup that are batting South at 225. Shohei Otani carries a lot of power. And I mean that from a power rating perspective and from a market respect standpoint. And yesterday, as high as minus 245, the Angels were against the Texas Rangers. And Spencer Howard comes out, just deals against the Angels. The Angels have absolutely nothing. Strike out 12th. I think it was 12th. No, it was the Yankees who struck out 12 times. Excuse me. Uh, but the Angels, again, from an offensive standpoint, they've got nothing. They get shut out. Otani does a pretty good job. Goes six. Only gives up two earned runs. Another double-digit strikeout game. And yet still can get no run support. And they end up losing that game to the Texas Rangers by the score of two to nothing. This is, again, a problem. And now we're talking about, I mean, the rating on Otani is absolutely incredible. And he deserves it to a certain extent. But when you're talking about laying north of 240 on the Angels, even though they're at home with Otani, with this lineup and the lack of production that he's getting when it's him and a bunch of dudes similar to last year, that is a price that is definitely worth betting against when you're talking about those inflated numbers at home and it cashed out yesterday. And it ties into the latest news that we're getting out of Major League Baseball that the Angels are starting to pick up the phone and listen to offers for Otani. Don't think he's gone by the trade deadline, obviously, but I will say this. If he is still on that roster by the time next year starts, I do think it's a failure of sorts for the Angels. If they're not going to spend money and actually put the pieces around Otani to make him want to stay because he's going to be a free agent after next year, well, then I don't know what the deal is in terms of keeping him. So we'll see what that does moving forward. Uh, one report from the New York Post, John Heyman, stated that, uh, how about this, that the Angels wanted the, uh, the top four prospects of the team that wants him. How about the top seven? Like, what are we doing here? Ask for the, what is it? What's the phrase? Ask for the moon and settle for the stars. Like, that's what you do, man. And I, I will say this as a jaded angels fan, I am willing to bet they screw up trading Otani as well. It's going to be absolutely incredible to watch that thing go down, but it's starting to pick up and it wouldn't be surprising that if the angels don't want to spend money this off season to build a team around Otani to convince him to stay, well, then I think he's got to be gone if you're the Angels. If you're going to do the smart thing and replenish a farm system that's been pretty barren for a really long time. All right, with that, when we get back, let's see, we're talking about quarterbacks to start the show. Let's stick with the theme of quarterbacks, second-year quarterbacks, and what the future and what next season looks like for them. And i got to tell you, I mean, if we're saying which of these second-year guys is the favorite to have the best season, it's clearly Trey Lance, given the system that he's in. We'll discuss that much more when we come back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive authors, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLING. All right. It is a numbers game. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for today. Um, the crew will return on Monday. I believe that is the case. Don't quote me on that, though, because I don't know everything, although I pretend to. So let's talk a little bit more about quarterbacks, right? We don't get enough conversations around quarterbacks, but I will say this. So producer Brian Ortega had the idea of talking about second-year quarterbacks, and it is incredible when you look at the list of second-year quarterbacks this year and you're like, wow, huh. I don't know how good any of these guys are really going to be as you kind of look into next year, uh, but there is some room for growth for all of these guys, and I, I do think when you look at what their teams did respectively around them, uh, there is some room for upward mobility. So the key second-year guys that we're talking about here at quarterback, we have six of them. Trey Lance for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, played in six games, started two. Mac Jones appeared in 17 games, started them. Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Davis Mills. A range of starts varies, but all of them except for one, Trey Lance appeared in double-digit games. So what you look at for this second year, and you can see some of the numbers there, and I do love the addition of MVP odds in the very right column for this year, but because I, I will say this, as Ortega's laughing, one of the names that has come up consistently when it comes to, like, long shot MVP, and by the way, I'll say this, if you're getting into the market now 40 to 1, uh, no thank you. I think you probably should have taken the shot at, like, 100 to 1 or when it was a little bit longer than that, and that is, of course, Trey Lance. Now, it's not to say that I have overwhelming confidence in Trey Lance. When you look at some of his passing numbers from a year ago, just when it comes to just pure passing numbers, uh, it wasn't great. When you're talking about just pure dropbacks, no play action, throws downfield, whatever it was, he graded pretty poorly as a passer last year. However, right, thrown into the fire because of injuries uh, as well, down the stretch, as well as just some odd packages here and there. So you don't want to take a whole lot from it. It's why I don't want to completely sell on Trey Lance's quarterback at all. Three years, he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, Has clearly has the skill set to do it. But the reason why I think a lot of people, and I think Drew Dinsick was on this very program at the beginning of the week talking about this. There's a clip up on Twitter about it. Decent um, Life, go follow the account. In that, if you're looking at San Francisco and the way that they're power rated coming into the year, which is win total of 10, shaded to the over, uh, second team in terms of uh, odds to win the NFC West, uh, shorter of twenty, shorter than 20 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. This is a really good roster. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Uh, we know that Kyle Shanahan gets the most out of his offense and, of course, can get a lot out of the quarterbacks. Now look at the, the quarterbacks he's had success with, not only just with San Francisco, but in his time as an offensive coordinator, it is a quarterback-friendly system. So with that all in mind, if the 49ers – start to become the team that the market might believe it is, which is a 10-11 win team and competes for a Super Bowl, which they have, again, the personnel to potentially do so, well, Trey Lance is obviously going to be at the center of that. And so, if you believe that is to be the case, then Trey Lance had a very long shot 
is worth a flyer to win MVP. Again, at 40 to one, I would say absolutely not. But you can see the path that people take when they're taking flyers at longer shots on Trey Lance to win the award. I would say, and this is from somebody who bet them under their win total of 10 because I just don't know what the growth is going to be like for Trey Lance coming into this year. And it is odd that when you talk about what the market expects on this second year leap from Trey Lance, given what we saw in a bubble from last year, we didn't really see a lot in terms of some really solid numbers. There's the solid athleticism and there's a solid arm. There's a lot of eye stuff. When I talk about like eye test and when you watch him, it's all there. But when you looked at him as a passer last year and the way this offense ran with him, it was really, really disjointed. We'll call it, but a full off season as a starter, they come out and commit to him in July. Of course, what a couple of days ago is he's the guy going into camp. So it really seems that this is going to be an offense 100% tailored to him, and that is going to allow him to get better. But have my reservations about Trey Lance in terms of the big picture this season, not entirely in terms of his career, just this year, given how the 49ers are rated and where a lot of his numbers are going to be, especially like MVP when we're down to 40 to 1 if you're taking those shots now. Now, with all that being said, we, let's focus on Mac Jones for a second, too, because it's actually two of the win totals that I have made bets on this year involve those two guys. So Trey Lance, I bet the San Francisco 49ers under, and I bet under on Mac Jones and the Patriots at eight and a half. You can get it even money. Um, that was at Circa where I placed that bet. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that go into the win total, but part of why I believe that this is going to be a team that goes under their win total. First off is the weird thing that Belichick and the, the staff are doing with the coordinators. I think it's a little, maybe it's a little overblown, by the way, this is a great nugget. So the, uh, the pro football focus guys was Steve Palazzolo and Sam Monson. And I enjoy their podcast a lot. They brought up something on one of the most recent episodes, which was maybe one of the reasons why Belichick is not naming either Patricia or anybody a coordinator is that if a coach is fired and then gets another coordinator job or better, then the team that fired him doesn't have to pay them anymore. And so Belichick's just like, let's just get it. Let's just get something off of the books here. I don't know if that's like hundred percent. They didn't seem hundred percent on that rule, but if that's the case and that's what he's doing, it is low key brilliant. Um, but when you lose Josh McDaniels as a play caller and you look at their wide receiver room as a whole, and I think the lack of explosiveness in this offense, I think there is real questions about whether or not this offense is going to be super dynamic. Now, the numbers for Jones were great last year, 3,800 yards, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. If you look at his passing numbers across the board was really solid in terms of the baseline. There was no real area of his game, whether it was like play action, non-play action, deep throws, intermediate throws, short throws in which there was a giant red flag. He was really steady across the board. And that's going to help out the Patriots quite a bit. And I know the Patriots are a team that likes to game plan per opponent. So you're not going to see like a base offense for the most part throughout the entire year, right? You take a strength or a weakness of the opponent and you go at it if you're this offense. And so I don't expect them to all of a sudden open up this offense without Josh McDaniels and have him slinging the ball around the yard. And I also don't really love their wide receiver core too. When you talk about like they drafted a second round rookie and that would be the kid out of Baylor, Tyquan Thornton. They don't really have a tr great track record of drafting receivers or offensive players at that. So you don't really know what's going to happen there. And there's not a lot of like a dynamic play catcher or pass catchers in that wide receiver core as well. And so you wonder what that's going to look like for Mac Jones, who doesn't have his play collar from last year, doesn't have a lot of dynamic skill position weapons. And if this offense is going to still go a little bit more conservative as it was last year, and if he's even going to touch, you know, 4,000 yards or so, and what the drop off is in terms of who's calling plays for this team, once you get to the regular season. So again, when you're talking about like their team as a whole, I have some reservations about whether or not the Patriots are going to win those games where I bet them under. And I think too, when you look at Mac Jones at the very least, you can see a path to which he kind of replicates the production from last year, but would not be surprised to see a small step back given all of the changes that the team is going through off the field. And the fact that you don't really love, I think the personnel around him that lacks for dynamic skill position talent. Now the rest of these guys, the one I'm most interested in is Trevor Lawrence because Lawrence in last year did not look great in any way, shape or form. And we all know that, the system around him was an absolute nightmare. Urban Meyer and the way that he was running that franchise was a disgrace. And you could really tell that when you read a lot of reports, the more that comes out, the more it's astonishing that he made it as far as he did in this season. But when you get Doug Peterson, who for all of his flaws is like a play caller, a game manager, he's going to put an offense out there that is going to tailor to Trevor Lawrence's strengths. You would think that Lawrence is going to show out a little bit better than he did last year. 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, 3,600 yards. The talent is still there for Trevor Lawrence and with a better system around him, like out of all these second year guys, the one I would feel most confidence in looking at Lawrence or looking at like overpassing yardage for, or if you're looking at improvements in terms of their season long stats, it would be Lawrence 
just given the fact that I think he's going to be more now more part of a system that is going to be able to maximize his talents a little bit more. I mean, hell, look at a few years ago, Carson Wentz was at the top of the NFL. Before he dives into the end zone against the Rams that week, he's going to be an MVP, and he gets his ACL torn. They, we know what happens after that. kind of falls apart. This is going to be, I think, a system that really does maximize what Trevor Lawrence could bring to the table. So out of all these guys, I do have a lot of faith that Lawrence is going to be the most improved, you would say, from a season ago. As far as the rest, look, Davis Mills, as solid as he was, surprisingly, last year, if you look at it from like a PFF grading standpoint, did not grade out very well. And also, what the Texans are doing, are clearly free-rolling. Davis Mills, if you catch on, that's great, because then maybe we have a guy. But if you don't, we're going to lose a bunch of games, we're going to be at the top of the draft, and it's going to be a good quarterback draft class, and we're going to be able to get our guy. Zach Wilson, I will say that the Jets, I think, did a really good job in building up the assets around him, spending a first-round pick on a wide receiver, building up the offensive line, which looks like it's going to be kind of a strength for him. But again, when you look at some of the grading metrics and some of the other numbers around him as a passer last year, you know, I talked about how Mac Jones had a whole bunch of like green, right, where it was just like a baseline of solid production. Zach Wilson had a, like a baseline of below average production with no real spikes in terms of areas that he was really impressive in. And I think that kind of worries me when it comes to growth as a passer in the National Football League, as a quarterback in the National Football League. So, and with Justin Fields, I'm just fascinated to see him with a real coaching staff around him, what's going to happen. Because he was hung out to dry last year with a really bad offensive line. And I don't think you can take a lot from the 12 games he played because he was beat to hell in a lot of those games and was not given any time to do uh, anything as a quarterback. And I think just improving along the offensive line, a little bit of a better system is going to allow him to grow. So it's a really low bar, essentially, for Justin Fields. But can I tell you, there's a... Um, 49ers and Patriots, bet them under the win total, and I do think that there's a down year in store for both of those teams and for those quarterbacks. We'll see if that's going to be the case. All right, let's get to college football. On the other side, Steve Mackinac is going to join us. Welcome back in college football guide out. Now start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, including team trends, power ratings, and over under recommendations. Plus our best season, win total bets, Heisman hopefuls and playoff predictions. Only way to get access to this year's football betting guide to become a visa and all access subscriber is to sign up for visa and all access. Sign it up today. Get everything we offer for the entire football season, including our upcoming pro football betting guide. Subscribe now at vcin.com. And one of the great minds behind the college football betting guide, of course, is Steve Mackinnon, who joins us now to help us break down what a lot of you are going to get when it comes to the college football betting guide. Steve, as always, it's good to talk to you. Uh, and a, uh, a really big uh, surge in terms of the Steve Mackinnon appearances on the air. Football season must be here, huh? It sure is. And uh, we are feverishly working here behind the, uh, behind the desk, if you will. On, uh, first, obviously, college football guide out this week, and then on our next project uh, going to be the NFL guide. So let's talk about the college football guide first off in terms of what people are going to get. So obviously we know previews of all 131 teams, and we get win total recommendations in every single one of them. And on top of that, uh, best bet win totals and title, uh, yeah, title bets from a lot of the analysts that are writers in the guide. But there's a little bit more to that, too, that I wanted you to speak on in terms of what you offer for every single team uh, that you're going to see in the guide, as well as some of the written pieces outside of just team-by-team -team analysis. Well, I can, I guess, summarize it in this way. Uh, I, I have about five or six articles in this uh, guide, and it's literally a step-by-step -step process of how I go about prepping for the college football season and evaluating uh, all the teams. Uh, I, I go through the head coaches, the new ones, uh, go through the recruiting rankings for the season in the past three or four seasons, uh, go through the uh, re returning starters, uh, who's back, who's not, uh, who left. Uh, I, then I have a series of transitional systems articles that I do uh, looking at different stats and the personnel things going on that uh, may affect how a team improves or declines in the coming season. And then I wrap it all up by putting together my power ratings and running them against the schedules to see 
uh, how they might uh, interact with the uh, betting markets. So one of the pieces that I think is really interesting that you wrote, of course, and again, there's a lot more in here, so we're not going to ruin everything when it comes to the college football betting guide, uh, but college football statistics pointing to risers and fallers. So let's talk about this from a couple of the points that you, that you have right here. When you talk about revealing statistics from the prior season that could predict the coming year. So what do you make of that? And what are some of those predictive statistics that betters can use as you go into next season? Okay, why don't we just start right from the top? And this will kind of show you maybe the methodology I, I like to look at and uh, and how how you can use it to either look at the upcoming seasons, season win totals or maybe on a game-by-game -game basis in the early part of the season. So th let's say the first system I have on here says there have been 53 teams over the last nine seasons that have endured losing seasons despite outscoring their opponents. Of those... 19 of them brought back 13 or more starters, including their quarterback. This group of teams has improved by about 13 and a half percent outright. Mm. So you're pretty much, it's pretty much assured these teams are going to be a little better than they were. Two teams qualify for that this year. It's Florida state and Louisville. So those are two teams you might want to start maybe digging in. If you got a, a little bit of an idea on, on the, maybe the prospects for those and say, Hey, that's another thing that you can go behind these teams and maybe look for them to go over their season win totals. Okay. I like it. Now, one of the other things, and th this is true for a lot of, uh, when you talk about like the national football league or college football turnover differential is a really big predictive stat when it comes to predicting what's going to happen next year and turnovers to a certain extent, you can be kind of lucky, especially when it comes to fumbles, right? Teams who recover a lot of fumbles next year that really regresses, uh, but you've gone a little bit deeper. Can you walk us through a couple of these metrics when it comes to, tying in turnover differential with either point per game differential or what that just means for next year. Can you uh, maybe go through and see what, which system you were looking at in particular? I can kind of give it a, so I, I like for me, it was like the, the one that you talk about luckiest when it talks about uh, turnover differential, uh, 16 teams, turnover differential of one uh, or better with their point per game differential of 12 or more, or like plus 12 or less with uh, 14 returning starters. Like Nevada was the team that you were talking about there. Okay. So now if you think about the circumstances of that, mm -hmm. They had a good season, okay, or a relatively good season, but but they were benefited a lot from turnovers. The natural, I guess if you want to call it luck, is to go back the other way. Maybe their turnover situation isn't as good this year, and that's typically what happens. And I mean, you don't get a lot of teams who are consistently turning the ball or, or getting the benefit of turnovers year after year after year. That just turns around, and uh, Nevada's in an interesting situation here. They're, they've basically changed almost everything. And uh, that's just another system that goes against uh, their prospects for the coming season. Yeah. Well, in Nevada, they're a unique team. I think you and I talked about this when we had you on the edge a couple of days ago and the mountain West is kind of there and it's the team. There's the conference that I previewed. So I got a lot more knowledge on the top of the brain, but Nevada, Hawaii, two programs uh, where they're bringing back six or fewer guys. There's a lot of turnover head coaching changes as well. I know you talk about stability. They've got to be at the bottom of the list along with Hawaii in terms of some of the stability around the program. Uh, and for Nevada, uh, Jane Orvell pilfered that roster of a lot of guys and brought them over to Colorado state. Yeah, they're uh, that's going to be a challenge for, uh, for new programs. So if, if you look at my stability article in, in this year's guide, you will find that Nevada has a score of zero. Yep. I've been doing this for 11 years, the stability uh, methodology and Nevada is the first team I've ever had with a score of zero going into a season. So that is the most instable program, I guess, over the last decade in terms of the uh, factors I use to uh, quantify that matter. So on the edge, we're unveiling our edge top 40. And Ewans and I, as you, as you kind of look through our, our teams that we've unveiled up to this point, there is a common thread of all the teams that are in the top 40. Quarterback, right? They all either have a returning starter or a quarterback which transfers in that has a certain level of production from the team that they were with prior. So let's talk about returning starters and quarterback specifically you had in here since 2013 56 teams that brought in a new starting quarterback with four or fewer uh, fewer total offensive starters for next year what that means from an ats standpoint uh yeah these teams typically struggle i mean you think you get a quarterback back and the rest is going to be is going to be uh butter if you want to call mm -hmm. it but but the, it, there's a lot dependent on who's around him I mean, it just, it, that's an underestimated point of uh, when you evaluate college football, just thinking this new quarterback is going to be able to mesh in with, with uh, a new group of returning starters, particularly if you got maybe some new line issues. 
uh, that quarterback probably is going to have a, a little bit lesser of a season than you're you maybe used to. And uh, it definitely affects the team against the spread. I would look for teams like that to go to maybe drop off a little bit this season. The other that I really liked was the quarterback, the returning quarterback, when it came to teams that were like, was it 40 plus points per game a season ago, right? They returned their quarterback, but the person all around them kind of drops off. And you talk about some of the decline that you're going to see there. Those are going to be teams that are generally really valued by the market. I think coming in because the quarterback's back, but as you point out, there's a pretty poor ATS mark for those teams, right? Yeah, that's a tough situation. Uh, again, we, we talk about, about what's around you. That, that's a high level of play to sustain. And uh, when you're when you're starting over in a lot of different places, no matter who the quarterback is, that's uh, that's hard to maintain. Yep. So again, college football betting guide out now. Uh, when you look around this, there is a lot when it comes to the guide. Now, let me ask you this, because this is one of my favorite things that you include in there, too. Uh, you have essentially your power rankings in there so people can use those and compare and con- uh, contrast to theirs, as well as projected spreads for every single game for every team. Right. Uh, yeah, it's a snapshot right now. So you could. One of the things I like to do in the early season uh, is you look at maybe a result in week one or week two and see uh, how badly the market moved yeah. from what was an opener. You, you, basically, if you see line moves, of, I, t- I tend to limit my power ratings to about a four-point move on any given week. If you see where a spread is 10 points different two weeks later after from the open season, you're probably uh, you should probably fade that move because that that to me is the the types of overreactions you want to look for. All right, we'll get out of here. We'll get out of here on this. The last ninety seconds. So one of the things that I think a lot of people are always looking at, right? Hey, I want value. Let's look at the middle of the board for title contention. All these things in college football, it's hard to look really deep on the board. And you and I have talked about this before. When you look at the gap between like the top three teams and the rest of the teams below them, that includes Clemson. There's a gap between Georgia and Clemson by your ratings. It's kind of hard to look past like the top four teams. Teams, right when it comes to the title board, I would even possibly limit limit that to three. Yeah. I, I, to me, Ohio State and Alabama are, are even maybe even a step above Georgia. To to be honest with you, uh, with, the, with these two elite quarterbacks coming back to run these offenses, I I can see both these teams approaching the fifty point per game level over the course of the season. And how how is someone going to beat that? Uh, now, if you want to go maybe deeper for a little, I, I wouldn't call it national title type of value, but maybe a team that's going to maybe surprise and potentially uh, make the college football playoff. I had three in mind uh, myself and uh, NC state is one of them. Mm-hmm. Good, good uh, returning quarterback, a lot of experience uh, coming off a pretty good season. They seem to be building towards uh, maybe a crescendo here. Uh, North Carolina underrated uh, team talent wise. Can they put it together? Can, uh, under Sam Howell, they've really, really underachieved. Can they put it together finally with what has been great recruiting? And uh, the other one, USC, wild card of all teams, I think, this year. Uh, capable of 11-1, capable of 5-7, and seven, if you ask me. Steve, as always, great job on the guide and can't wait to uh, start work on the NFL guide, which I was just told I will be a part of, so I can't wait to get started working on that <laughs> one, too. Thanks, man. Uh, I, hey, I knew you'd be part of it. Steve Mackinnon, again, check out the College Football Betting Guide. It is out now. We'll be back here on the Numbers Game. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're back to Numbers Game here on VCD Sports Betting Network. Hey, hey, how about this? Nerfy Fridays. Can I just say, I don't really enjoy the, the slugging of the Nerfy, but it's fine. First inning, unpredictable. But you can place a no-run first inning wager with confidence at BetMGM. Make a no-run first inning prop bet on any Friday Major League Baseball game. If only one run is scored in the first, you'll get your stake back and free bets up to $20. No runs in the first, no problem. If you only run, one run is scored. That's a tough one. Get your wager back and free bets up to $20. Take big swings all season long with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. Opt-in required. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Yeah, I've been very anti, not like no run first inning. Those are great bets if you want to make them. I have been anti the way it has been slugged as nerfies. I feel like that's a very annoying way to uh, refer to it as. Either just go no run first inning or NRFI. Um, But regardless, I have no choice over the masses. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about the National Football League. So I, I made reference to something yesterday when we were talking about the AFC West, and that was Justin Herbert as a candidate for leading the league in passing yards. And he's the favorite to do so. And I do think for very good reason because of many aspects. And one of the things that I pointed out outside of the obvious things, right? Last year was second in passing yards. Last year was second in passing attempts. He has everything pretty much from a weapon standpoint coming back this year. So Herbert's got the world in front of him from like center on essentially. And we'll call even right guard. It's a really good offensive line, some weakness at right tackle. You would think that one weak offensive lineman would not hold back an entire passing unit, but we have seen things that have been worse. Uh, but regardless, there's things outside of that mentioned last well, yesterday, last show, where if you look and evaluate the AFC West from a defense standpoint, this was actually one of the weaker defensive divisions in the national football league as a whole. There were some bottom tier teams in terms of run defense, but there's also some bottom tier teams in terms of pass coverage as well. As I mentioned, three of the four teams ranked 17th or lower in pass coverage grade by pro football focus stand, uh, standards. So you can kind of understand that, Hey, you know what? If you look at Herbert and the secondaries that he's going to have to face here in Kansas city, Las Vegas and Denver, he's going to get six games against some below average um, secondaries. So that's really going to help him out in terms of leading the league in passing yards. So that's up there as well. So I think Herbert not only is a rightful favorite to lead the league in passing yards, but you can like, I think circle him as a potential wager. If you get him in the range, if we're talking like six to one or better, because I think he's going to have the opportunity to do so outside of everything we know. The other part of this too is as you kind of look at the odds and the guys who are underneath them, and you can poke holes a little bit in Herbert's case, but I feel more confident in poking holes in cases for guys to lead the regular season, like in passing touchdowns and or passing yards. So for example, right, we have Josh Allen. What I'm really interested in in Buffalo, because I have been, and humans has made fun of me before, I have not been as starkly anti-Josh Allen as others, uh, but I did have some reservations in terms of the leap that Allen was making, especially that like first year when he was really starting to break out. But what my question for Allen this year is, what does he in this offense look like without Brian Dable? Brian Dable was, a, I think, an incredible play caller. It's one of the many reasons why I bet the Giants to go over their win total of seven this year, because Dable is, I think, very good in terms of the way he schemes his offense. I think he is absolutely fantastic in what he did to help Josh Allen in his development, work on his accuracy, things of that nature. And Dable did a really good job of maximizing everything around what the Bills had. Now, it's not to say the Bills are going to hit the tank 
that's not really going to be a massive problem. But I just wonder if what that drop-off looks like, if at all, when it comes to Allen, the Bills, and now not having one of the better play callers in the NFL. So, again, Allen deserves to be up there. Allen deserves to be an MVP candidate. Uh, but I do wonder what that change is like for Buffalo now that Dable's going to be out of the picture, even though there were reports last year, right, that Dable was like his job should have been on the line. It was actually kind of funny given how good he's been for that team. And then you get to the rest of it, right? Tom Brady, for example, we talked yesterday. Now the big news for Tampa Bay is that the interior of their offensive line is from the last two seasons completely gone. And it does look like Ryan Jensen's injury, unfortunately, sounds very serious from a knee standpoint. So you're talking about replacing a guard that left in free agency, another guard that retired, and your center who was injured in camp right now. That's a pretty big deal for Tom Brady, who doesn't like pressure up in the middle, and what that now looks like for Brady when it comes to this offense. And again, when you're talking about, like, do I think that Tom Brady's going to fall off and be one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL because of the interior of his offensive line, it might not be good. No, maybe not. But when you look at this from the standpoint of, like, like we call it like winning at the margins, right? Like the little things that might make the difference for you in terms of leading the league and passing touchdowns, leading the league and passing yards. That's going to make the difference, especially when you're betting at some of these big numbers. Mahomes, same kind of deal here, right? At nine to one, when you're talking about a brand new wide receiving core, one of the better offensive lines in the NFL, but we talked to our guest yesterday, right? When we were talking about the shift maybe that we see from Kansas city, do you see a little bit more of leaning on the run game for Mahomes, given the change in the wide receiver room and given the fact that Tyreek Hill's not going to be there anymore. And again, as we kind of discussed and referenced yesterday, teams are playing differently against Mahomes. They are dropping guys back. They're not blitzing as much. Mahomes has been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL since he has been there against the blitz. And you saw a career low in terms of blitz rate against Patrick Mahomes a season ago. And we saw the change, right? We saw more turnovers for Mahomes. We saw a drop-off in production for the Chiefs offense as well at the beginning part of the season. That Those kind of things and those changes for Mahomes, how they adjust to those this year is going to be pretty fascinating. But again, you're talking about betting him to lead the league in touchdowns, lead the league in passing yards. For all of those reasons, I can't really get into it. So I've kind of poked holes in all of these. So where do you go in terms of like rightful candidates to potentially do this? Obviously, again, leading with Herbert. And I feel more strongly about Herbert in terms of passing yards. For me, passing touchdowns can get, I think, a little bit more random, right, when it comes to what the scenario is when you're playing some of these games, like if you're especially in red zone possessions, what you're going up against, like all of those sort of things. I feel more confident in terms of passing yards for these guys as opposed to betting into passing touchdowns in those markets. But I think Herbert is a rightful favorite and I think a legitimate candidate to lead the league in passing yards, absolutely. I think when you look at Joe Burrow and what the Cincinnati Bengals want to do, I think there's something there. I, I saw a lot of people were freaking out about the appendectomy, and there were some that was like, you're going to ruin Joe Burrow. Like, I don't think the appendectomy was a re- like because of injury. I think sometimes they, it's just like us, man. They're athletes. Got to get your appendix removed. Um, but I think Burrow is a rightful candidate there when it comes to leading the league in passing yards, given the explosiveness of his wide receivers, considering Jamar Chase has been absolutely electric. He's got one of the best wide receiving cores in terms of balance in the NFL. And the way this offense is run, it's going to get even more comfortable with Burrow back there. And I think he is a legitimate candidate to lead the league in passing yards. Aaron Rodgers, not so much. And I will give you a dark horse candidate to potentially do this a little bit further down the board. And again, I think I have said this before on the show already, which is like, Hey, you know what? I do think that I'm pretty pro Vikings and more so than any others. But if Kevin O'Connell starts to make this offense look more like 2022, 2023 type offense, right? Where we're talking about spreading guys out, throwing the ball downfield. Kirk Cousins statistically showed last year that he is capable of putting up numbers. Now, again, if you want to believe in the legitimacy of the Vikings as a Super Bowl contender, that's a completely different deal. But when you're talking about the ability to rack up passing yards, a change in an offensive scheme potentially for Kirk Cousins, more big play opportunity for the Minnesota Vikings as well, when you're talking about using a Sean McVay type of system as uh, as well, I think all of those things kind of come together for Kirk Cousins to start to vault up the board in terms of passing yards this year. Now, one of the things is he's got to make up quite the gap. I think there was an 800-yard gap between him <laughs> right, and the leader from last year. Uh, but I think that's the potential there for Kirk Cousins if this offense changes quite a bit. And you're talking about a good mid-range shot in the range of 25, 30 to 1, depending on where you shop around when it comes to lead the league in passing yards. It also, of course, leads you to a lot of other markets, right? Like, for example, most regular season receptions, Justin Jefferson. Look, look who's up there. It's Jefferson, right? Why? Because the Vikings are going to change the way that they play offense this year. And that ties into what I'm talking about here for Kirk Cousins leading league in passing yards. Kirk, Cooper Cup is the obvious favorite. And I would say this, 
I not only think that he should be the favorite. Look, man, I, the, there's no real argument, I think, to make against him, especially when you look at the depth of wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, it's Cooper Cup, it's Van Jefferson, it's Allen Robinson, and there's a stark drop-off after that. And you do wonder, like, when you're talking about who he can, Matthew Stafford, rely on on a possession-possession basis, it's going to be Cooper Cup who's going to get a lot of those looks. And they're also high percentage completions, right? They're within seven to eight yards of the line of scrimmage. It's a lot of yards after catch. Yeah, I did have a lot of intermediate catches as well. But if you're talking about Cooper Cup being the favorite here, I, I find it really hard to look around this and go, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm going to confidently bet in player X outside of Cooper Cup to lead the league in receptions, given how that was such a big part of the Rams offense last year. And I don't really see them deviating off of that path. Jefferson could be there, given everything we're talking about with the change in the Minnesota Vikings, and it dovetails nicely with what I'm talking about, right, with Kirk Cousins and that change in offense. Uh, but for me, it's chalky. But, man, Cooper Cup, I, I don't find really confidence in betting against Cooper Cup, the league of league and receptions, given what we saw from this offense a year ago. Can't wait, though. Man, like the changes for some of these teams and what we're going to see in terms of, like, New offenses for a lot of these teams like a Minnesota Vikings type is going to be pretty fascinating as we get into 2022. All right, with that second hour along the way, uh, cannot wait because we got a lot of smart people to talk to here. On the other side, let's get back to a little bit more college football. Adam Burke is going to join us, talk about college football, the way he sets up his ratings, and also just the conference he wrote about in the Big 12 and more with Burke on the other side. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.